and if you you know if you if you came and you caught a moment or two of the end of the first service um, you might think we're just doing the same thing but we're not um, rarely between services from service to service rarely if you've ever went to YouTube and looked at our services you realize rarely do we do the same thing we don't even sing the same th- songs lots of, sometimes we do but not often even, we really do. We want to wait on the Lord and find the mind of God and the direction of the Lord. I believe he's a very personal God, don't you? I believe he's very interested in our lives, don't you? Some of you believe that. But if you stick around long enough, he'll reveal that to you and you'll come to know he is very interested in your life. Now, let me say this. He's not interested in mine and your life just to make it enjoyable. Okay? Sometimes we get that idea, well, if I live for God, everything will be beautiful and wonderful and there will be no problems, no pain, no pressure. I thought living for God meant life became perfect and everything came my way and I was loaded with all of these daily blessings that are material. And No, 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 no. He's not that God. I promise you, your life will be blessed. I promise you, it will be better than a life without him, untold million times better than a life without him. Not even comparable. But he's so intimately concerned with you. You understand, he is the creator. He formed you and I. The Bible says he knows our frame, that we are but dust. You know, I have, maybe we'll go here in a minute. I have, I have three children. Some of you knew that. Some of you didn't. They're not tiny tots anymore. They're still tiny. But this is my middle child, in case you're wondering how tiny they still are. And so, um, and so when they were, when they were tiny tots, um, I had expectations of them. Anybody have expectations of your children along the way? Now, they did not always live up to my every expectation. If you're a parent, you understand that. And, and there are times they have far exceeded my expectations. I thank God for that. And, but when they were little bitty, And they didn't live up. Maybe I tried to instruct them in something when they were small. And then they missed the mark. I didn't go, my goodness. How simple is this? You're four years old. Get it together. That'd be silly, wouldn't it? Right? I know some of you are like, my kids were much more mature. I No, I'm kidding. Uh, Now, depending on what it was that my expectation was that I had voiced, I may come to them because I loved them. There wasn't and there still isn't anything I wouldn't do for my children. And if you're a parent, you understand that. 
right? And so, but I had expectation. And so I would share and communicate that expectation to them, yes? And then I would, I would help them, maybe, depending on what I ask of them. I would then help them in accomplishing what was asked. My helping wasn't just to help, it was to teach, Right? No, 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 don't do that. Hold on a minute. No, no, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. come on. Here. Well, okay, let's, oh, good job, good job. Whoa, what were you thinking? Stop, right? You, all those range of emotions and communication and ah. If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're ever a child, you know what I'm talking about. Look, that's all of us. My wife says I'm still a child sometimes. I don't know if that's a compliment or a complaint. I refuse to grow up, I say. But the Bible says you got to have faith as a child. Anyway, so... This, this expectation and the teaching and the co- and walking through. So when they were four, my expectations were different than when they were 10. However tall a 10-year-old is. I have tall kids. Sorry, Mariah. No, I'm kidding. She's tall, too. So different expectations. And then when they were 16, I had different expectations, especially when they said, Dad, can I take the car? Yeah, Michael, you know about that, huh? Yeah, my expectation changed, right? Now, was I moving the goalposts on them? Was I changing the rules on them? No. My expectation changed because they were growing. They were, ideally, not only were they growing, they were maturing, right? Now, I wasn't going to take the keys and say, you know what? I know you're only 10, but I told you what the grass was, and you showed me you knew, and I showed you what the brake was, and you showed me you knew, and I saw you drive your little tiny coop, your cozy coop around the backyard. I think you understand the principle here, and so here you go. Here's the keys. Go drive. Let's see if you got it figured out or not. Well, if I'd have done that, you would have said, he's a fool. Right? Why wouldn't I do that? I'll tell you why I wouldn't do that. I knew their frame. I knew their frame. I knew they were just this old. I knew what, while they may understand the pedal on the rights, the gas, and the one in the middle. Well, I, I had a stick shift. Some of you are like, the one in the middle. You mean you got three? I better stick with an automatic. Some of you are looking at me like, what in the world? There's three pedals in his car. The one on the right is the gas, and the one on the left is the brake. While they may be able to understand that, that doesn't mean they know how to operate it. We understand this. This isn't complicated, right? And so I, as their father, I know their frame. And so I have to make decisions. And there were time in the giving of expectations and the laying out of some groundwork and the instruction of my children that they missed the mark. Anybody relate to that? All of us. They missed the mark. And then as a father, I had to do something that I did not enjoy doing. I had to correct them. 
had to chasten them. I wasn't doing it out of judgment in terms of beating them down. I was judging their action. And in the judgment of their action, I was bringing judgment to correction, not judgment to death. Do you understand the difference? Okay. We judge one's actions. That can happen from love. Love was my motivator in that process. It was love at four years old. It was love at 10 years old. It was love at 16 years old. It was love at 20 years old. And one of the hardest things for me, and some of you can relate. Sister Elva, you can relate with me a little bit here. Is when those kids are no longer kids. But they're still your kids. Right? Always. Some of you others can relate here in this room. Those kids grow up. But man, they're still your kids. But you start realizing... I can't tell them what to do all the time anymore. I don't get to direct every part of their life anymore. Is this making sense? Some of you think we're having parenting classes. No, we're not. Just you know. The script, maybe, maybe we are, but there's a greater understanding. The scripture says of the Lord, he knows our frame that we are but dust. If I, as a parent, know my children, and then I direct and instruct and set expectations and correct and guide based on my knowledge of them and where they are in their spiritual maturity, how much more, how much more does our God know us? When I say he, he, want, he knows you intimately, he's concerned with every detail of your life. He's concerned with every part of you. He really, really is. He knows you. The Bible says that he has numbered the hair on your head. Now, some of you heard me use this example before, but for those that haven't, you get to hear it again. That doesn't say he knows the number of hairs on your head, but he does. But it says he has numbered the hairs on your head. That means I could reach right here and yank a hair out and hold. I didn't, but I could hold it in my hand and the Lord would say, that was hair number 1,236 you just pulled out of your head. Some of you don't think that way, but he does. He knows you and I that well. He is intimately invested and interested in you he's not this picture painted of a big guy in the sky looking down waiting for you and i to mess up so he can smack us on the head now he'll smack us on the head when he needs to out of love whom the father loves he corrects he chastens trust me you want him judging your actions now, not later. Everybody say amen. I want him to judge my actions now. When I take a step and it doesn't please him, I want him to say, hey, Joel, that's not pleasing to me. You better let me correct you. And I can bow my back, stick my chest out in pride and say, I know what I'm doing. I, I, I'm a grown man. 
or I can humble myself. I can humble myself and say, Father, correct me. Instruct me. I know it's love. I know it's the love of the Father that's correcting me. He knows the plans he has for you and I. The Bible says he knows the plans he has for us, plans of peace. Not of, he wants to bring us to an expected end. He always works in our life with the end in mind. We usually work with the present in mind. That's why we get in so much trouble. Is that the truth? I want to do what feels good to me today. I'm not thinking about the consequence a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, or eternity from now. I just want to do what feels good today. But a father who loves us and knows our frame that we are, but we have to know him as our father. We have to know him as our father. And here's the thing. Many in our world today, many in our world today, grew up without a father. True story. I won't make you raise your hand in this room, but many of us in this room could raise hands that had, maybe you had a father, but the father's situation wasn't what it could have been or should have been. Or who knows, you can fill in the blank. But all of those things, what happens is, depending on how it went and what it worked like, whether there was no father figure or whether it wasn't a good father figure or what, whatever, we bring all of that, what happens in our human nature is we bring those feelings and emotions and thoughts into our relationship with God, our heavenly father. Let me give you an example, one I know really well. I grew up much of my childhood in fear. Fear of one wrong step, and that one wrong step was going to have consequences that were very destructive and hurtful to me. And so what happened is, in my living for God, my initial relationship many years in my life, unfortunately... My relationship with God was a relationship of fear of God as my father. Like, man, one wrong move and God's going to smack me and knock me down and I, I don't have any chance. I, and so, so what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I became, I wanted to please God. Anybody want to please God? That's a good thing as long as your motive's rooted in the right place. My reason for pleasing God was I didn't want to get hurt. It wasn't a love relationship, at least for me. What happened? I brought the elements of my life experience and I put them unfairly on my view of God. I didn't let his word and his spirit define him to me. I let my life experiences define him. Is this making any sense? I was letting, and this happens to all of us. This is why we have to continue to pursue him to truly know him. To know him. Because his motive is always pure. His motive is love. 
God is love. But we want the world, what it's done, many churchdom in the world have taken this God who is love and said, he loves you. Whatever you do, it doesn't even matter. He just loves you. However you act, it doesn't matter. He just loves you. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. The reason it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life is because it doesn't agree with the word of God. It's a lie from the pit of hell to deceive people. He loves you, yes, no matter what you do. That part's true. I loved my kids no matter what they did. But because I love them, I said, hey, come here, boy. Hey, come here, girl. Let's talk about this. Hold on a minute. We're not doing this. Here's why. I love you. I can't just allow you to go down that road you're going down. Why? I love you. You just don't let me do anything. No, 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 no. I love you. And I, I'm old enough to know where that road leads. You don't see that far yet. But I see down the end of the road. Listen to me, please. It's love that's motivating me. And it's the same of your heavenly father. You know, when we understand he loves us, we see and receive the correction of the Lord completely differently. Completely differently. You know how I pray now? I pray, God, if I get out of line, please don't take a long time to correct me. I mean that. Arrest my heart, God. Show me in your word. Talk to me by your spirit. I want to walk pleasing to you. But here, watch what's happened. He's changed to where I no longer live out of fear. My relationship is not built on fear anymore. I love him. I love him because he first loved me. And now I understand when he brings correction, it's love that's motivating him. He's not wanting to smack me upside the head. He's not trying. He loves me. Because he loves me, he says, you've got to let me correct you in this situation, in this circumstance. This is why Jesus said, notice, if you love me, what? You'll keep my commandments. You know what I was doing? What I described to you in short? I was trying to keep his commandments to prove I loved him. So I was being religious. I don't want to be religious, just in case you wondered. I was being religious. I was just doing what I knew I should do because I don't want to mess up. There was no depth of relationship. I was just doing routines. Did I have a love for him? Yes. But it wasn't the motive of everything I did. And he wants us to come to that place. See, we get it backwards. Now, when we come to the Lord, when we come to the Lord, it's, it is our human nature by his design that we first begin looking at, okay, you know what? I, I probably should consider whether I do this or not. My actions. I consider my actions, my choices. I start considering those things, right? And, and the Father who loves us gives us instructions, gives us some. And so we're like, okay, I may not understand that, but okay. We all right? And so this is like that four-year-old child. We don't ex 
Now, some of you are like, you call me a four-year-old child? Please don't be offended. I'm not saying that. You know where you are and aren't in your walk with God yet. Okay? But it's like that four-year-old child. When my child was four years old, they didn't get to ask me why. They asked it a lot, but some things were just dad said. Any parents relate to that? Right? You say, well, that's, you should explain. Not when they're four. There will be a time, right? There will be a time. There will be a place. But there has to be an element of trust. That's critical early on in a relationship, an element of trust. And so, but again, remember what I said? Our life experiences shape how we come to God. And we take our life experiences and we put them on God unfairly. And so we come to God as a little child. And God begins to give us some instruction. And if I have put my life experiences on God, I say, well, God, you got to tell me why. God says, look, I'll explain it in time. You'll understand it in time. But right now, why don't you just trust me? Take the step in faith. And this is what will happen in your and my journey when we walk with God and his word begins to open up to us and he begins to speak to us and we receive teaching and ministry from his word. You'd be like, man, I don't know if I understand that. And so we should continue seeking to understand, digging in the word, praying, asking God for direction. But we should, that shouldn't be like, well, I'm not obeying the Lord until I understand. That's what we do sometimes. And that's a dangerous relationship. Can you imagine if my kid at four years old or your kid at four years old said, Daddy, Mama, I am not obeying until I understand. Now, all of us as parents probably would have responded differently to a statement like that. I can tell you how I might have responded, given the situation. It would be a time for correction. Love. It was a time for correction. Anybody ever have parents that corrected you, and they they corrected you with a statement like this before the correction? Maybe you've heard this before. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Anybody grow up here? Anybody ever hear that? A few of us. Some of you haven't heard that. I heard that growing up. And I remember thinking as a child, getting ready to, when I was a child, it would be a, it would be a belt to the backside. And I remember thinking, there ain't no way this is hurting you more than it's hurting me. Let's switch roles and see here. I thought that. I never said that. I never said that. But I thought it. Well, when I became a parent, oh, did I understand that statement. Oh, how it hurt me to have to correct my children. But I knew the consequence of leaving them uncorrected was far more detrimental than correcting them. And so, therefore, 
they heard maybe once or twice. I don't know that I said it a lot, but I probably said it. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Does that make me some kind of amazing father? No. But we're created in his image. And I just got to believe when he has to correct us, it hurts him more than it hurts you. I've got to believe for him the pain of watching the choice we make and what it means to his and mine and your relationship with him. When he has to correct us, I got to believe it pains him more than it does us. But it's the love of the Father. That's to say. And so when you and I learn to receive that, I'm telling you, your life begins to grow and mature exponentially. He knows your frame. Now, let's... Let's stay in that vein, but let's move off correction for just a second in case you think, man, is he trying to set us up for something? No, I'm not. I'm talking about our relationship with God. He knows our frame. And sometimes what happens is you and I put expectations on ourselves that God did not put on us. We put expectations on ourselves that he didn't put there. You know what that is? It's called, you don't think of it this way, but I'm going to tell you what it is. It's called performance. I want to perform well. Now, there's a difference between pleasing God and performing well. And when I put expectations on my life that God did not place, it's a pretty good sign I'm trying to perform to impress my father. You ever had a kid when they were little saying, Mommy, look, look, look. Daddy, look, 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 look. You're like, my goodness, I've looked a hundred times. What are you going to do different? But they say, look, 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 and they're going to do the same thing. And mom and dad's going to go, oh, look at that. That's amazing, right? And inwardly, you're going, okay, here we go again. And you, you're like, okay, now I'm going to turn back and get my little task done. And little Junior or little Sally's like, look, 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 look. And you're like, baby, I can't keep looking. I got work to do. What are they doing? It's nature. It's human nature that you're seeing manifest in the child. It's human nature that says, I want to perform to please dad and mom. We understand that in the natural plane, Yes. Well, what happens, we bring that into our relationship with God. And if we don't mature in him and in our relationship with him, we stay in that childish state where we keep trying to perform. Look, Daddy, look, 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 look how good I'm doing. Look, look, look. You know, when we grow up, we start understanding, no, this relationship's built on love. I do what pleases him because I know what pleases him. I don't do it to earn his approval. I already know I have his approval. I do it now because I'm not just interested in approval. I'm interested in pleasing the Father. Matter of fact, I'm interested in going beyond pleasing the Father. I'm interested in my life being hid with Christ in God to where now my life manifests the Father to others. This is spiritual growth and maturity. 
But we forget he knows our frame. He knows our frame. He's intimately acquainted with each one of us. And so he looks, and by his word and by his spirit, he begins to reach to where we are and begin to talk to our hearts and talk to our lives and address situations and circumstances. He gives us direction. He gives us wisdom he, in our area, in our life. This is why the Scripture tells us he that compare, or they that compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. Anybody here got more than two kids? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. Anybody ever have those two kids competing or comparing with the other? Boy, they do, don't they? They don't even realize they're doing it sometimes. Sometimes they do. Right? Some of them are more competitive than others, right? Competitive comparison. And so that would have, and as a parent, how do you feel about that when they're comparing amongst each other? You're like, oh, that's good because I love this one better. I wish they would hurt. Maybe they'll rub off on the other one. Okay, just checking, making sure they didn't feel that. No, no parent in their right mind thinks that way, do they? And you look at those kids comparing, and as a parent, you're going, oh, my goodness. And, and you know what? It's different things. It's different things. Girls, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a girl. I'm not confused about that. I, I know who I am. I know what I am. But oftentimes, it seems with girls, it's about, and she's so much prettier than I am. She's so much, people, she's more popular than I am. She's more, boys, it seems like it's, I, I don't know, maybe boys, it's looks too a little bit. But boys, it seems like it's about who can do this better. Boys are task oriented. So it's like, who can do the task better? You know, who's a better performer? You know, hey, dad, watch me do this. Hey, dad, watch me do this. Break my neck, break my leg, break my arm. You know, girls are like, oh, daddy. And dad's like, oh, whatever. The whole world, give it to her. And so, but as a parent, when you see those children comparing one another, if you're a good parent, there's nothing in you that goes, oh, let them keep doing that. No, as a good parent, you look and you go, oh, my goodness, I wish they could just see who they are. I wish they could see the beauty of who they are. I wish they could see the gifts and the talents that they have. And they know I love them for that and who they are and how they're designed. And they're not better than or worse than the other. I love them. And I, I love that you say, well, you love them equally. Absolutely. And if you're a parent, you understand that. But in your relationship with God, isn't it something you step right into that role of comparing? You compare yourself with someone else in the body of Christ. How do they measure? What are they? Oh, they... Now, I understand God gives us people, brothers and sisters in the body, that we look and we're like, man, I see something that God's doing in them. I'd like to see that in my life. And so we begin to pursue God. In I'm not talking about that. I think God does that, right? That's a motivator, an encourager. It, 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 it like does something in our spirit that says, man, they got to walk with God. I want a relationship with like that. That's one thing. I believe it pangs God when we compare as well. You have to understand 
God knows your frame. And so he reaches to you, ministers to you, shapes you and molds you, instructs you and corrects you in the wisdom of God in your frame. That doesn't mean he changes the word and changes the rules for everybody differently. I don't believe in that. He has a clear directive for all of us from the word of God. But the way he deals with each of us is differently. Would you stand with me this morning? When I correct, I corrected my two sons differently than I corrected my daughter. My boys would say I probably wasn't as hard on her as I should have been or I was, I don't know. They said she was your favorite. Well, that might be true, but that doesn't mean I love them any less. You understand that, right? Parents do. Talking about your relationship with God today. Because this is foundational to everything else in your walk. Otherwise, we're just religious. If we don't have a deep, abiding, real, and genuine relationship with God, we are just religious. We're just going through the motion. We're just attending church to say we attended church. We're just trying to be a good person. No, 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 no. He intends for you and I to have a personal relationship with him. And so to have a personal relationship, we've got to come to know who he is. And we've got to seek to understand how he works. And we've got to have a confidence that what he does in my life, he does from a place of love for me. And then I get it in its proper perspective. Instead of trying to do everything I can do to keep his commandments to show I love him, perform, 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 and earn his love. I actually understand he loves me. And because he loves me, it makes me want to do the things that please him. And so I keep his commandments. I'm telling you, the difference between performance and pleasing him are two ends of the spectrum. Two ends of the spectrum. One is motivated by love. The other is motivated by fear. We need the love of God to minister and manifest to our lives. And we need to learn to respond to the love of God and the leading of God. And understand that the things that he's saying and doing to me, with me, for me, and it's, it's because of the love he has for me and the plan he has for me. And I don't care if you're 13 or 103. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday. To, does he deal with us differently? Absolutely. Why does he deal with us differently? Because he knows our frame. Differently doesn't mean he changes his word, you understand. Differently simply means he speaks, he speaks to this Joel here differently than he speaks to this Joel here. He addresses things in this Joel's life 
at different times, then he addresses maybe the same thing in this Joel's life. And so we might look and say, well, how come God's dealing with me about this, but he doesn't seem to be dealing with this Joel about this? Because he knows our frame. And he knows if he leaves this unchecked in my life, it's going to be very destructive. But he knows there's some other things in Joel's life that he needs to work on before he deals with that. This is the wisdom of God, your Father, working in your life. That's why you don't compare. I can say, well, but this Joel. No, 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 no. I believe God loves us equally. I know he does. But he knows what he needs and he knows what I need. And it's not the same thing at the same time all along life's journey. So you got to let him work. Could you talk to the Lord where you are right now, please? I believe the Lord has been dealing with our hearts. Come on, talk to him where you are. There's many of you here today, you got questions about your relationship with God. Not negative questions. You're, you're just seeking to know him more. You're seeking to understand him more. And the Lord in his infinite mercy is wanting you to understand, I know you. I know your frame. I know how you're made. I know what I'm doing. Trust me. Submit to the process. Submit to my word. Submit to the leading of my spirit. Come on, would you talk to him about that right now? Come on, would you talk to him? You are a good father. I know you are a good father. You have plans for each one of us individually and collectively to bring us to an expected end, Lord. You know our frame and the destiny that you've set upon our lives. I pray today, let us to hear and know you as you desire to be known. Let us to receive of your instruction. Let us receive of your correction, Lord. Let us receive of your direction, Lord. Let us receive of your love. I pray, teach us to receive the love of the Father. Come on, talk to him there. For some of you, that's the very challenge. You don't know how to receive the love of the Father because you haven't had an example in your life. And so you've brought life's experiences onto the Lord Jesus Christ, your heavenly Father. And so you struggle to receive the love of God because you feel like you have to perform in order to receive it. I'm telling you, it's not the case. Let the love of God minister to your heart today. Come on, talk with him there. Maybe you just need to, in faith, declare Jesus, my Lord and my God, Father, I receive your love toward me that's perfect. I receive your love toward me. Your motive is pure, God. Your love toward me is pure. Your agenda is pure, God. Your will is pure, God. I submit to your word and I receive of your love. I submit to your word and I receive of your love. Mold me according to your will. Shape me according to your purpose. Make me in your image, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes.